pastor to the platform to bring forth the word this evening. Yeah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. What a great God. What a great God we serve. Hallelujah. Welcome to Wednesday night service. We welcome you online with us tonight. May the Lord richly bless you. I'm going to ask you, before I ask you to stand, I just want to make one quick announcement, maybe two. Um, and that is our men's outing is this Saturday, 10 to 2. That is the 19th at Costco Regional Park right here in Clinton, Maryland. Please contact Brother Bovell and Brother Ely um, to let them know you're coming so that they know what to buy. And then I want to remind you that Friday night is our prayer meeting here Amen. at 7 p.m., with brother and sister Flores, and we're looking for a great time in the Lord. Uh, and brother Morrison has uh, contacted them, and so they will be with us. So looking for God to do mighty work here on Friday night and then flowing into our Sunday service, Father's Day service. And I pray that... Um, I do feel like I have something to say to dads. Um, I do feel like we still need to flow in the revival, but I don't want to miss an opportunity to minister to dads. So if you'd stand with me, we're going to read just a portion of scripture, and then I'm going to talk to you tonight. I pray that this will be of some encouragement to you. The Bible in Deuteronomy 31.6 says this, Be strong and of good courage. Fear not nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he it is that, doeth go, that doth go with thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. And I'm just gonna, we're just going to pray and ask God to touch our time together tonight. Father, we just thank you for the presence of your spirit in this house and in the airways, O oh God, in our worship. O oh God, I thank you for our worship team, our sound team, our video team. God, that those that have come to help us to be able to stream tonight, God, we just pray that this, what we're going to discuss tonight will be an encouragement, that your people will stand strong on your word and not fail and not falter and not return to the things that they once did, but continue to move forward in the gospel, in the word of God, and in the Holy Ghost, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You may be seated in Jesus' name. So you can imagine what I'm going to title this is, Be Strong and Courageous, for your God is with you. On occasions, we are faced with difficult, fearful, or even dangerous situations. Uh, they either are real or they've been, you have imagined them, that we can either turn our back on or either in, or enter into a risk face-to-face. -face. Without the risk, there is no need for courage, though. And in Hebrew, one of the words of courage is amethets. Be strong and courageous, amethets, God tells Joshua. After Moses' death, Joshua needed strength and encouragement as the new leader of Israel. 
you and I, as we continue to move forward in revival, are going to need encouragement. As you and I move forward into being willing to teach a Bible study or uh, uh, be a disciple maker, we're going to need encouragement. We're going to have to encourage ourselves in the Word of God, encourage ourselves in, in prayer and seeking the face of God. But that also tells me that it's important for us not to forsake the assembling of ourselves. Why? Because encouragement comes from within as well, from our brothers and our sisters. And so I encourage you to, uh, as we, and by the grace of God, I'm going to look at soft opening Wednesday nights as well. So uh, we'll, we'll, hopefully I'll have some dates in place. But the bottom line is we need to be encouraged to do what God wants us to do. Amen. And I believe that the revival, that the, the, the stirring of the Holy Ghost that's flowing in the church now, that's moving on Sundays, is going to begin to move throughout the whole church from front to back. And we're going to see warriors. We're going to see uh, disciple makers rising up and willing to teach a Bible study of some sort. And so three times God encourages him with these words, as he prepares to lead the nation into the promised land. The Hebrew word strength is shazak. It can also mean courage. Uh, in fact, courage is derived from strength and not just physical strength either. The Bible is full of instances of moral, spiritual, intellectual, and social strength that God expects his children to practice, you and I to practice and excel at it in our journey from glory to glory. As we walk with God, we need to excel and be strengthened and have courage in the Lord in our walk as well as in our ministry of being a disciple maker. So, so if you don't mind, let's look at them. Uh, be strong and courageous. The Hebrew word for strength is shazak. Begins with the deep guttural and throaty, and ends with a strong letter K, with the confident Z in between. It has the sound of strength and force. We must have strength and force when you're working with souls. Many a time, someone, the devil will try to destroy or take that seed, that, that baby, or that infant that you're trying to witness to or disciple and try to distract them or sidetrack them. And you're going to have to be strong in the Holy Ghost, strong in the Word of God, and begin to speak life right. back into that, that seed, that soul that you're mentoring. Uh, it, it, again, it, we have to have strength and force when we're dealing with Satan and things of this world. What kind of shazak? Does God expect uh, us to have, and when does he want us to use it? After all, there are a lot of risky situations we can walk into, right? Um, I don't know if this is the right time to drop this in here, but it's very important not to get sidetracked. You know, the devil will send things that will distract us. And... Um, because we're hungry to be a disciple maker, maybe, um, it can look like someone that would be 
a discipler that you could disciple. And then in all actuality, it's something that was sent to distract you from truly doing the disciple-making work in the kingdom of God. So you must be very, 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 very wise and strong in the Holy Ghost so that you cannot be deceived. You see, the Galilee-born disciple Peter risked his life when he cut off a soldier's ear to defend his precious Messiah from being taken away in John 18.10. Unfortunately, Peter confused divine shazak with impetus zealous going after something without stopping to seek God's will in the matter. So when you're, when you're looking to be a discipler and to be a disciple maker, you must seek God first. I mean, it could be a reg, someone working at a restaurant and you're just witnessing your, you know, but you need to ask God, is this my Bible study? Is this who I'm going to teach a Bible? Is this who I'm going to disciple? Is this who I'm going to the, win to you? Uh, always take everything to the Lord in prayer. Jesus, however, understood his role in the Father's plan for mankind and assessed his spiritual strength, Shazak, as he trusted and obeyed his Father in heaven. You and I can trust in our Lord in heaven. That's where you're going to get your strength in, from. Um, have knowing, I, I was given instruction up here Sunday morning, take the authority that the Holy Ghost has given you. That's why the scripture said you will do greater works than I. And so I'm instructing, I'm trying to encourage, look, by the authority of him, you will do greater works. It's not in you, but you'll do it because he brings the authority. He's your the authority. You have the power with the Holy Ghost to stand on his authority. So I'm trying to encourage each and every soul to begin, and saint of God, child of God, to begin to operate in the power and the glory of God. And as a result, Jesus allowed the soldiers to arrest him. You remember that? As they were coming for him. And how he just allowed it. He didn't fight. He, went, he knew what his time was coming to. But how to receive divine courage? How do you receive divine courage? Sandwiched between two of the commands to be strong and courageous is Shazak and Vehemetes. God explains to Joshua, and I'm going to stop saying those words because it almost sounds... It, it, you got to, <laughs> and I've spelled it out, and I'm spitting all over the platform. So we're just going to use regular words, courageous and strong, okay? Uh, I was just trying to use some Hebrew words for you to kind of enlighten you a little bit, but God explains to Joshua how to access that strength and that courage. He said, keep this book. He said, keep the book. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Do everything written in the book. Joshua 1, 8 through 9, then you will be prosperous and successful. Do not be frightened or dismayed. For Jesus, the Lord, your God, is with you. 
wherever, this is, this is where, you hear me? I, I don't know if you can read the scripture, but it, I have it in my, my book. But it says, wherever you go, he is with you. So Joshua's physical courage to enter into dangerous battles with pagan warriors and giants would be spiritually strengthened by God's presence wherever he went, helping to ensure his victory, but only if Joshua kept God's word in his mind and in his heart, and he obeyed the word of God. Oh, my goodness. We've got to obey the word of God. I know it's difficult sometimes. I know we don't like being chastised by God's word, but God's word is life. It corrects me. It keeps me where I need to be. When I get messed up, and I do get messed up sometimes, I, and reading the word of God, God starts correcting me through the word of God. The problem is, is we have to be willing to accept his chastisement, his his correctioning, correcting us, right? We have to be humble to go, okay, God, I did make that mistake. I, I realize it now. I see. Forgive me, right? So that, and he's teaching us so that we can grow and mature for the next season or level that he wants to take us to. But Jesus said something even more encouraging to his disciples in John 14, 15 through 17. He said, if ye love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Forever. The spirit of truth will abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot, the world can't receive, because it seeth him not. Neither knoweth him, but ye know him. You, those that profess to be children of God, those that profess and have been filled with the Holy Ghost, baptized in Jesus' name, spoke in tongues. This is the scripture he's taught. He's using this with those that have fully developed their uh, birth into the kingdom of God. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because they don't have the spirit of truth. Because it seeth him not. The world don't see Jesus. Matter of fact, they hate seeing Jesus on your mask. Uh, you know, Jesus loves me. They don't want nothing, nothing to be said about Jesus. But you know him. I pray you know him. For he dwelleth with you and shall be in us. Amen. Out of love for God, we obey. Out of love for God, you obey the scripture, the word of God. You obey when he begins to lead you in a direction to witness to somebody. We become obedient. I didn't want to, you know, I told you the story about being on that uh, conference call. Pastors, all kinds of pastors up there. And the one pastor, and we need to remember his son again. Dieter, I think is the son's name, Dieter or something like that. But we need to remember that young man's alcohol. 
he's an alcoholic and was a PK kid. And, um, you know, the devil, the devil goes after the, the pastor's kids because if the devil can get the pastor's kids, it affects the pastor. The, you know, I'm, I'm surprised. I'm, I'm amazed at how our bishop was able to um, continue in uh, shepherding and pastoring and not let the things that, that my life was, how I was living, and we'll leave, I'll leave my sister out of it, but for me, uh, how I was living, um, and yet he was telling people, you know, we need the Holy Ghost. Your, your children are going to be saved. And, and everybody was praying for his children. He was praying for his children. And, and yet God turned around eventually and did bring us, bring us where we needed to be. But I can only imagine, and, well, not now. I know I, I'm experiencing it right now where, where uh, my daughter is in church when she shows up. But, but what I'm trying to say is, is when you know your children have totally walked away. It's very, it, it, it's hard to preach life. It's hard to pr- preach uh, liberty when your children are bound. And, and, and if something was to happen, you know, there definitely would be in a just God's hands. But what I do know is God said, I want you to say something. I want you to share your testimony. Well, I didn't want to share my testimony. I was, don't know why I'm very liberal with my testimony, but this setting didn't feel like it was a liberal setting for me. And so um, another man raised his hand, so I went really quickly. I preferred my brother. And I said, go ahead. You know, you go ahead. And I guess God said no, because he said no. God said, let you. And I went, okay. Well, then I shared my testimony. But I say all that to say because I was, I, I was moving in what he wanted me to do, but I was hoping that someone else that it wouldn't be me. And so, but still the Lord continued to make that happen. And I had to be willing and obedient, though I didn't want them to know. I don't know why I didn't want to share everything with them, but God wanted me to speak. And a little bit that I know, the, the whole screen was full of men. And I, I mean, there were men crying and weeping and praying. And seeking God because of someone that be opened up their life and they, they begin to see, dear God, if he did it, and this is what I believe, this is what I believe because I told him I was a PK kid and this is what I believe. I believe that every one of them has been attacked by the devil taking their children and trying to destroy them and God wanted me to tell them, it's not over. Don't stop praying. Don't stop loving them because God is going to do a work in their lives. And I'm coming to tell you that if you and I will be obedient to the voice of God, to his, to his spirit moving us, we will see what God wants to do. So in return, he strengthens us so we can obey him more fully. The more of his strength we put into practice, the stronger and more proficient we become in using it. I'm, I'm strengthening my faith. I believe God had a man speak into my life for the very purpose of speaking faith stronger than I've ever spoken before. I believe that God is doing miracles. I believe that Sister Barnett is going to be healed. I do believe that with all my heart and all my might. 
I believe Brother Johnson's going to be healed in Jesus' name. I believe that the prodigals are coming back. I believe that the children that have not been saved yet, or, and they have an understanding of the Word of God because of parents or family members sharing with them, I believe that they're going to return to an apostolic, Holy Ghost-filled church that will preach the oneness of God, the infilling of the Holy Ghost, and they will be delivered, and they will be powerful and strong and courageous to do the work in the kingdom of God. I'm not supposed to be preaching. I'm supposed to be encouraging. But I'm coming to tell you, God is beginning to work. And there are some that will hinder the work. Let me say this. They can't hinder God's work. But they can hinder a healing or they can hinder, uh, um, they can, they can make, they can cause it to be extended, if 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 I can say that. Because they're not where they need to be. You have to be in a proper position. You have to be positioned in a proper way and in a proper place for the miracles to come. And little bit did I know that God was positioning me way back. And the way he positioned me is he took everything away. He took everything away. Job, family, children, place to lay my head, everything. And, and it, you know, or he let me, he let me lose all that. Let me say that. Because I wasn't right. I was messed up. And so when I, what I will tell you is when I begin to position myself, the first one was, let me get back on the side of the river that my family lives on. Let me move back in that area. Huh? So that God was actually saying, uh, you need to reposition yourself. Get out of the place you're at because that's not where you belong. You belong back in Maryland. So I left Virginia and I came back to Maryland and I, I went to the bishop, which is my dad, and I said, Dad, you think I can move back into the house uh, that, that uh, the, my wife and I had rented from them? And I said, I'm just going to live in a basement. I, uh, you know, if you want to rent the upstairs out, we'll do that. That's fine. But can I at least move into the basement and and God was positioning me and then he was positioning me and teaching me to be a dad because I'd never been a dad for the whole 10 years of marriage uh, and uh, seven of those years eight of those years Nikki was alive and really didn't have a dad because he wasn't really involved so what God was doing was positioning me and teaching me to be a dad now my son's on the scene he's a little under about one, under one, and he's teaching me how to be a dad with an infant and a 10-year-old or an 8-year-old. And so God was just starting positioning. And what I realized, if I had left the positioning, the process of the positioning, I wouldn't be in this position if I had left the positioning and gotten fed up and said, what's the use, Right? Because everything was still looking like it was going to be finalized. Divorce, everything was going in the right direction. And, but God was positioning. And, when I, and what I find that if I had left the position, my wife wouldn't be in my wife anymore. My children wouldn't have been in my life. My grands wouldn't be in my life today. I wouldn't be standing on a platform today. 
I would be dead today probably because I would have probably ventured back out into the lifestyle and the drugs that I was doing. So what I will tell you is, is if you're not careful, you can be the very instrument if you're not willing to be positioned. Someone could be waiting to be filled with the Holy Ghost, but because you haven't positioned yourself with him so that it can happen, you've got to get some things in, in place. And I needed his strength to get in position. So the more of his strength we put into practice, the stronger and more proficient we become in using it. That is, we become more courageous. And so let's see, uh, let's see how this worked out for the disciples as they shared the love of Jesus beginning in Jerusalem. You see, they share the gospel. After Peter and John healed a lame man in the name of Jesus, the Sanhedrin, Sanhedrin High Jewish Court told them, stop it. Stop that stuff now. Or they would un undoubtedly face more imprisonment, being put in jail, and flogging, being whooped. Instead of withdrawing, the disciples band together and prayed for strength and boldness to continue sharing the love of God with those in that city. Basically, they said, ask for me and my house. I'm going to serve the Lord. You can bring on the flogging. You can bring on the prison, but I'm going to stay the course that God has set for me. So instead of them withdrawing, and if you look at Acts 4, 29 through 30, it says, and now, Lord, look at their threats and grant to your servants to speak your word with all boldness. If we would, if we would use the word of God, if we would say, God, this is your word. I'm going to talk to them with boldness. I go in your name, Lord. I want you to know that I'm standing. I'm not wavering. I know you have last say so, but this is your word. You told me to stand on your word because it's the rock. Look at their threats. They're threatening me. And grant your servants, grant us to speak your word with all boldness, not sissiness, but straightforward boldness. While you stretch out your hand to heal, the signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant. We need to pray and seek the face of God and, be, and use the word of God. Use it. I, I'm telling you, I feel like God is, I, I'm going to say this. I believe, I believe, I see it. I believe there are the lame men, people that are lame are going to rise and be healed. I believe Brother Johnson's going to rise and be healed. I know that the body hasn't moved. I know those legs haven't had movement for a while. But what I do know is Lazarus lay, laid three days in a grave tomb. And, and he laid there wrapped up with no blood flowing in that body. No liquid flowing in that body. No breath in that body. No, the eye sockets had already started to uh, deteriorate. The skin had already started getting stinky. And I'm here to tell you that God, uh, Jesus walked up to that tomb and said, Lazarus, come out. And immediately, by the authority of Jesus' word, he came out. 
I'm telling you, just as the same power that Jesus had when he spoke to Lazarus, that same power is going to happen to Brother Johnson and, bro and Sister Barnett in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You've got to take it with boldness. We've got to be bold. Well, then you go, well, what if it don't happen, Pastor? Well, that's not on me. That's not on me. I've got to speak. The, the Word of God said for me to speak boldness, to operate in boldness, and to be courageous, and to be strong. Following this prayer of unity, the place supernaturally shook when they were moving in that area. They, it shook with boldness. Acts 4.31, you know they prayed, right? They, they shouted, and all of a sudden everything was shaken. And, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and Holy Ghost and spake the Word of God with boldness. Sometimes we need to ask the, the Holy Ghost to refill us with his strength. We need to say, God, I need a renewing in the Holy Ghost. That's why we're preaching revival right now. We're preaching revival. Why? Because the church needs to be revived so that when the church, when someone comes into the church immediately needing, that's vexed or needs healing or needs prayer, we don't wait for an altar call. I remember the day that I came to this church after God put my marriage back together, put my children back in my life. I was sitting back there after this first Sunday I ran out because I could feel the glory of God so powerful. I was, I, I, I knew, I knew what was about to happen, so I ran out. The very next Sunday we came, I sat right back in that same pew. Worship started, tears flowing out of my eyes. I'm sitting on the edge of my seat. I said, man, if they would just call an altar call, I'm ready. Jesus, I'm ready. I just want the Holy Ghost right now. I just want to go right now. I didn't know that I, I, I should have just let, let ever, I should have just messed up the whole service and went to the altar right then and there. But it was the longest wait to get to the altar because we had to go through the worship. Then we had to go through the offering. We had to go through prayer, and then we had to have a message. So I am going to tell you, this church is operating in an apostolic method. You will, if you want the Holy Ghost and you walk in here and feel the glory of God, you do not have to wait for an altar call. Amen. You can come to the altar and be prayed through right then and there. We'll keep on going. We'll still have church. Sometimes we need to ask others to band together with us. And a united call for his power to fulfill our mission. In Jewish understanding, individual strength is to be used for the encouragement and salvation of others. Sometimes you need somebody to link up with you. Sometimes I need somebody to come alongside me and link up with me. If we go back to the Jewish synagogues, when they finish reading one of the five books of Moses, the Torah, it is customary for them to shout out. And they shout out, Shazak, Shazak, Nitshazak, which is be strong, be strong, and may we strengthen or let us strengthen one another. What if we came together and begin to seek the face of God and begin to shout, United, united, Holy Ghost power, Holy Ghost power. God has given us strength to carry on. We're going to win this, this victory. 
we're going to see salvation. It is a reminder, it is a reminder that the value of studying the Bible is not merely for personal spiritual development, but to strengthen one another morally, spiritually, and intellectually so that we can step into courageous acts of obedience to God's Word. You've got to be willing to step out obediently and do it courageously. I, I, Bishop asked me, how many people you got do you have in the church that would teach a Bible study? I don't know. I asked one time and not too many takers because people are afraid to teach a Bible study. They're afraid that, they'll, that something will be asked and they won't know it. But I've learned in teaching Bible studies, if you do not know the answer, don't give one. Say, I do not know. Let me take that down and I'll get you an answer and I'll get back to you as soon as I get the answer. That's the best way to go about it. They're not looking for a Bible scholar. They're looking for someone to share the gospel with them and show them the love of Jesus. The exact words, Shazak, Nitzhazak, are found in 2 Samuel 10, 12, when King David and Israel's army were surrounded in front and in the rear. David's commander, Job, Joab, tells his partner in command, be strong and let us be courageous for the sake of our people and for the cities of our God. And may the Lord do what seems good to him. We need to say, God, whatever you deem right, do it in Jesus' name. Sharing the kingdom with those around us is the call for every saint and child of God. And it takes God's strength and courageous and courage to help us face the risks of witnessing to sinners and eating with sinners. You know, God has blessed me, and I, I'm, I don't, I, I'm very cautious, so um, I, I, I speak to everybody, right? I speak to everybody, but there, 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 there are people that I, I will befriend that I spiritually feel safe. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying, but there's some, there are people you can't befriend because there's some spiritual things going on that the Holy Ghost tells me is not right. So I distance myself from those. And I have church friends, and I have some friends outside the church. But I also... And very cautious with the friends outside the church. I don't let my guard down. I stay focused. I, I'm constantly giving God glory. I sat with a, a family the other day, and, and one of the things that I did, again, I shared my testimony. I didn't go deep into it with them about, you know, being molested and raped, but I did share the drugs and alcohol, my wife, me leaving the wife and my children, and, and, and I, I, I started sharing with them my, my memorials that I have written on the names and the rocks that I have and and uh, and I could tell the older generation was very intrigued by what I was talking about and so I dug deeper I said well you know I said you know uh, Joshua told the 12 tribes to get them some stones so they could build a memorial as they came across into Canaan for for the purpose, or Jordan, as they crossed, so that they could, why? So that they could come back to the stone and say, children, 
I want you to understand where we came from. Captivity, but liberty. I want you to know God brought us across the water with it being parted and brought us here. We built this so that you would never forget where God brought us from. So I started telling them about my rocks, and I, I started off, and their granddaughter actually is one of my rock, has a name on one of my rocks, and, I, and they were like, really? I said, well, yeah, they wouldn't be in my life if, I, if God hadn't come back into my life. I just told them straight up, if it wasn't for God, I wouldn't even know you or your, your children. I wouldn't know you because I would, have, I would either be dead or I would be, I don't know where, I wouldn't have lived down there. I don't know where I'd be. I, I don't know where I'd be. So all I know, so uh, sharing it, it was very, you could say, they were sitting on the edge of their seat, and, and she was like, you know, I thought about painting rocks. And I said, well, come on over. Let me show you my rock garden that my grands are painted on. I got a rock garden for a memorial before God because I want him to know everywhere he goes or everywhere he looks, he see I got memorials. She said, I thought about doing that, and people think I was crazy. I said, let me tell you something. Anything you do for God is going to get glory. People are going to think it's weird. And I said, then you know I started out with, I know you're going to think I'm a little bit eccentric. And that's how I started out. I said, I know you're going to think I'm a little bit out there. But in God's word, I'm letting God know. I know the only reason I'm where I'm at and who I am is because he has allowed that to happen. So it takes God's strength and courage to help us face the risks of the call. Jesus received death threats for healing others and ridicule for eating with sinners. That, that's another thing. We ought to be able to eat with people. I don't care whether they're saved or unsaved. I don't care what their lifestyle is. I don't love the, I don't love the sin. Don't get, don't get this twisted. I don't love the sin, but God don't love the sin, but God loves the sinner. And, and if, I'm, if, if the Word of God said I'm to be what? Christ-like, oh, yeah. Then I've got to love the sinner but not love the sin. So though I don't approve of the sinner's actions, I should still be able to sit with the sinner and sup bread and soup and talk to them just like I would a saint. The Apostle Paul and Silas were thrown in jail for freeing a demon-possessed girl. Mary endured scorn, scorn for, from her own sister Martha for sitting at the feet of their friend Jesus. Every day we can find... Did I not set my timer? No, Jesus. Okay. Um, sorry, I didn't set my timer. Every day we can find ways to love God and others at home, at work, at school, at, or at the grocery store. Although we may face criticism, rejection, and persecution, we can rejoice in knowing that we were courageous in what we did for the Lord. Right. Amen. As Peter explained to new believers in 1 Peter 4, 12 through 14, Beloved, beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that is taking place among you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. 
but rejoice insofar as you are sharing Messiah's sufferings, Jesus' sufferings, so that you may also be glad and shout for joy when his glory is revealed. If you are reviled for the name of the Lord, you are blessed because the spirit of, the, of glory, which is the spirit of God, is resting on you. Coming to a close. So I want to tell you to be encouraged. We must be on guard not to let discouragement replace God's spirit resting on us or living in us. When we are discouraged, we struggle to take even the smallest action to fulfill God's hopes and dreams for our lives. So I encourage you tonight, I encourage you to be the ambassadors that God has called you to be. Joshua could not afford to have any such discouragement for the sake of Israel entering into the promised land. He had a mission to complete, and you and I have a mission to complete. His focus was to be on God's presence wherever he would go, and that is what our focus should be. In Joshua 1.9, I hereby command you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. To discourage is to take to take away someone's courage, but encouragement is to empower and give empowerment. To be encouraged by God and other believers is vital for our own growth as disciples and for making disciples. In 1 Thessalonians 5.11, the Apostle Paul said, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. So I tell you today, be encouraged, Hallelujah. face your fears, with Jesus, call on the name of the Lord, trust him, and he will be with you. Look forward to seeing you on Sunday. May the Lord richly bless you. I pray that something was said that would be of encouragement, that you would be courageous in your, in your endeavors to be a child of God, a disciple maker in Jesus' name. Worship with us as we sing, and uh, we'll see you on Sunday, Father's Day. God bless you. So the wind and waves we feel We cast out demons With the empty soul we feel Now there's breakthrough Now there's freedom in your name You gave us power And the keys to do the same Come on, amen, amen, amen.
a fool of that. 